This sermon is titled A Pattern for Personal Prayer Part 3 Be enriched as you listen We have been studying about following Jesus in prayer We as we began the sermon series we talked about the prayer life of Jesus we did an overview of his prayer life last Sunday we talked about praying in secret and uh, looked at how Jesus intentionally spent time in secret getting away from all the busyness and the crowds and then he went away to pray in secret today we're going to look at another aspect of prayer from his life ministry and teaching there was a time when the disciples and we don't know exactly how this transpired but the disciples came to Jesus and they saw him pray they were so excited and inquisitive and wanted to know how he was praying and so they asked him lord teach us to pray lord we want to know what you're doing there when you get away from us when you're all alone and you spend you know an hour sometimes several hours in prayer what's going on and how do you do it so could you please teach us to pray and very interestingly jesus did not do an eight part sermon series <laughs> on prayer but he gave something so succinct so concise and and he gave them what we call as the lord's prayer and so today we're going to examine that we're going to talk about the lord's prayer we're all familiar with this uh but we're going to read it and then look into it what was the lord trying to convey to us of what we should be doing in prayer so let's go to matthew chapter 6 verses 9 to 13 i know this is very familiar to us most of us can just recite the lord's prayer uh backwards and forwards but <laughs> let's just read this together matthew 6 9 to 13 let's read it out loud together please Let's go. In this manner therefore pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from the evil one for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen so try to imagine what's going on here you know you can imagine all the disciples of Jesus seated around they're ready to take notes he's going to teach us how to pray don't miss a single point they're probably expecting some explosive sermon and he gives them something so simple so easy he says in this manner you pray pray like this so he's not telling them or he's not instructing you and me if, if you and i were there to just recite this prayer or keep saying this prayer three times a day morning noon and night no that's not what he said He just said in this manner pray like this or your prayer time should include these things in this manner pray so we could say that this is an outline a pattern for personal prayer so when you and I go into that time in the secret place to pray with pray before the father we could use this as an outline we could follow this outline Now that doesn't mean that every time you pray you have to follow every points not necessary you might just pick one or two or three of these these points that are there in prayer use that now if you want to you can follow the entire outline perfectly fine or you may use some parts of this outline as needed perfectly fine but in this manner these are the kinds of things that you and I need to be praying about when we spend time alone with the father So we're going to look into this. How did he start the Lord's prayer? He said, "Our Father who art in heaven." 
It's very important. How do you enter in? How do you begin your time with God? By addressing Him as my Father who is in heaven. Now, there's nothing wrong with acknowledging or recognizing God with other titles or other terms. But it is so interesting that Jesus picked this particular title or term for us to use. That he would say, you call God our or my Father. Start your time with God based on relationship, based on your relationship with God, recognizing that you are a son or a daughter of God and God is your Father. So you're coming to God not on the basis of your own merit. You're not coming to God on the basis of God today. I've been a very good person, so here I am to talk to you. No. You're coming to God because He is your Father. You are His son. You are His daughter. And you have every right, I would say right or privilege just to come and talk to Him. You're coming on the basis of relationship. God, you're my Father. And you acknowledge all that God is to you and you are to Him on the basis of relationship. Father, I thank you I am your son. Lord, I thank you that I've been washed in the blood. Lord, I thank you that I'm clo you've clothed me with your righteousness. Thank you that you've placed me in Christ. Thank you that you've placed me right at, at your own right hand. Thank you for the covenant that I have with you. And you acknowledge your relationship with God. You're coming to God on the basis of relationship. He is your Father. Amen? My Father, you're in heaven. My heavenly Father. Come to God on the basis of relationship. Recognize what is yours and who He is to you on relationship. So you acknowledge that. Spend some time just acknowledging that. Now, why is this so important? Because many times, uh, for many of us, our perception of God is that He is somebody almighty, far away, so distant, a million miles away, and maybe I can get through Him today. You know, and, and we come with that kind of a mindset. Oh God, if you're out there somewhere, please listen to me today. <laughs> oh God. God, I'm such a poor, unworthy, wiggly worm. Jesus never said, do those kinds of things. He said, call God your Father, my Father who is in heaven. Yes, God is almighty. Yes, God is powerful. And yes, we are nothing before Him. All that is true. But He didn't say, you know, talk like that. He said, speak like this. Acknowledge Him as your Father. You're coming to Him, knowing that you're welcome in His presence. He is your Father. You are His son, His daughter. You're welcome before Him. Next, He said, Hallowed be your name. So you spend some time. Worship. Hallowed be your name. God, I reverence your name. I hallow, I adore you. So this is praise and worship. You're just spending some time acknowledging who He is. Hallowed be your name. Father, I worship you. Father, I adore you. Father, you are glorious. Father, you've been good. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your kindness. So you're spending some time thanking Him, worshiping Him, loving Him, adoring Him, being grateful to Him. So hallowed be your name. Worshipping Him. Now, Jesus taught us, and this is in John chapter 4, verses 21 to 24. You know, He's having this conversation with this woman next to the well, and she gets to, into this religious thinking and a religious conversation. She says, you know, you Jews are telling us we must go to that place and worship, and we think we must go to that place and worship. What do you say? What's your opinion? Where should we go? Which mountain should we go to to pray? And Jesus says, woman, I'm I want to tell you something. i got news for you. The time is coming, and in fact, it has already come. But neither on this mountain nor on that mountain that you're going to worship God. But you are going to worship God in spirit and in truth. Because a father is looking for such people to worship him. 
In other words, it's not about the place. It's about you worshiping God from your heart in sincerity and in truth. And that's what the Father is watching or looking for. So it doesn't matter where you are. You could be in your car. You could be walking down the street. You could be on the college campus. You could be in your office. Wherever you are, hallowed be your name. You can do it. Hallowed be your name. God, I worship you. God, I praise you. He could be in your prayer closet. You could be alone in that place of prayer. Hallowed be your name. Father, I worship you. And what God is looking for is that it's coming out of your heart and it's coming in sincerity. It's coming in truth. That's what he's watching. The Father's looking for such to worship him. Amen? So you spend some time in worship. So that's part of our time with God. Hallowed be your name. Now, Sometimes your time of worship could be five minutes. Sometimes your time of worship could be one hour. So you've already spent two hours with God. First, my Father who art in heaven. What do you mean? You, know, you could spend time just engaging with God on the, that relationship, talking to Him. God, you're my Father. I love you, God. Thank you. And then hallowed be your name. You're worshiping God. Personal worship. Spend time on that. Now, how much time you spend, he didn't tell us, you, you know, you have to spend so much time. So you may spend five minutes, you may spend more time, that's okay. But you spend some time in just worshiping, recognizing who God is, how great he is. Hallowed be your name. And then he told us, next, thy kingdom come, and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we are asking for His kingdom. Lord, I want your kingdom to come and your will to be done on earth. Now what is the kingdom? The kingdom is simply the rule, the reign, and the dominion of the king. Wherever the king rules, that's where his kingdom is. And so we're just saying, Lord, I want your rule. I want your reign. I want your dominion. I want your authority to be established here. Your kingdom come. And I want your will to be established. And so I like to break it down like this. That you start off by inviting his rule, his dominion, his kingdom, and his will in you personally. And then through you, you extend it to the areas that matter to you. For instance, start off with your own personal Father, let your kingdom, let your rule be established in my life. And maybe there are areas of your life that you want to talk to Him about. And say, Lord, I want your kingdom come in this area of my life. I want your rule. I want your will to be done in these areas of my life. Maybe as a student, Lord, let your will be done in my uh, for, for my education, and I want to go the direction you want me to go, and you reign, you rule, let your kingdom be released, even through the education that I'm pursuing. Maybe as a professional, Lord, let your kingdom come in my workplace, in, 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 in the work that's being done, in my life. So you start with you, with you personally, and then you begin to extend it into other areas of your life. Lord, your rule, I want you to be king in these areas of my life. I want your will to be established in these areas of my life. So I've just itemized a few. You can pray for yourself. If you're married, then you pray for your spouse, your family, your children. Uh, you could, you know, you could pray for your workplace, your profession, your career, whatever you're doing. You could pray for your finances. You could, you know, whatever areas of your life. And I'm not saying you have to go through all of these points. This is an example. So you could pray and say, God, I want your rule. I want your will to come into these areas. You pray with these areas. And usually, as you're praying over these, you say, God, I pray for my family. I pray for my wife. I pray for my children. And then I would encourage you to spend some time just praying in tongues over those things. Because praying in tongues is so powerful because the Holy Spirit knows exactly what to pray for on those matters. 
Now, yes, you can definitely pray in your known language using your understanding, but there are things that we may not know about. And so that's where we step in. And you just pray in tongues for those areas. Father, I pray for my wife and I pray for my children. I pray, and then you just spend some time praying in tongues. And the Holy Spirit will direct and direct your time to pray for those things that need to be prayed for. Are you listening? So thy kingdom come, thy will be done in all those various areas of my life. Pray for God's kingdom, for His will to be established in those areas. And then, what's the next part? He told us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. So now you're praying for specific needs. There may be specific needs that you want to pray about in your life at that time. So you pray about those needs. And there's nothing wrong in bringing your needs before God. Nothing wrong. Just absolutely. He's your Father. You bring those needs and say, Father, I'm praying over this. I, you know, maybe you have a job interview. Father, I pray over this. I pray you give me wisdom. Lord, give me favor. Uh, and I you know, help, I just want to do really well. Whatever it is, you're, you're praying for your needs. When it says, give us this daily, give us today our daily bread, it doesn't mean you only pray for your breakfast, lunch, dinner. That's not the point. The point is your specific needs, the things that you need, you pray for it. But it's very important that when you and I pray for, the need, for our needs, we pray in faith. We pray with confidence, knowing that our Heavenly Father will give, give us good things when we ask Him. We pray believing prayer. And we'll talk in a, in a later sermon on how to pray believing prayer. Jesus said, when you pray, believe that you receive and you will have them. Whatever you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. So when you're praying for, give me this day my daily bread, you're praying believing prayer. We'll learn how to do that. Let's you take some time to pray over specific needs. You may want to pray over needs of other people known to you that you care about. You know, maybe a family member. Pray over their needs. Include them in that time when you're praying. Give us this day our daily breath. Then after you spend some time there, he said, there's another thing that you need to deal with in prayer. He said, forgive us our sins. As we forgive those who sin against us. So that's another matter that you and I need to be praying about or deal with when we spend time with God. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, you have to do this every time you pray. No, you do this whenever there's a need. That if you feel... I mean, you're dealing with the whole issue of sin. Forgive me my sins. But when you and I are going before God and asking God for forgiveness for our sins, Jesus put something in there. He said, you also need to forgive other people what they have done against you. So you're dealing with sin at two levels. Things that I may have done towards God and things that people may have done against me. Both have to be dealt with in that time of prayer. So you go before God, Father, I know I have, you know, if, if there are things that you've done wrong, you just say, God, I'm sorry for it. Please forgive me. But remember, he also instructed, we must forgive somebody, anyone else who's offended us. You know, Jesus said in, in Matthew 5, he said, when you come to the altar, you're coming to worship God, and if you remember that somebody has something against you, then go first and get, get that sorted. Be reconciled. And then come and offer your gift. In other words, take care of that human element as you come before God to worship Him. In Mark chapter 11, 25 and 26, He gives this same statement as He's teaching about prayer. He says, when you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anybody, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your so, let's think about this. Why is this important? Why is Jesus emphasizing this in prayer? Why did He put it into the Lord's prayer, as we call it? 
But many of us, we understand that our sins are forgiven because of the cross of Jesus Christ. Are you all with me so far? We understand that the blood of Jesus Christ is what cleanses us from every sin. The Bible says, confess your sins to God and He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Bible says that. But Jesus has brought in another element where He's saying, you forgive others so that your heavenly Father will forgive you. What does this mean? How do you reconcile these two um, aspects of forgiveness? Think about it with me. God forgives us freely by grace because of the cross of Jesus, because of what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross. That's the reason why God forgives you and me. And it's the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses us from every sin. Absolutely, that's the reason why God does forgives us and how forgiveness is given to us. But the experiencing the effect of forgiveness can be hindered by the unforgiveness that we hold towards somebody else. It's not that you've not been forgiven. You are forgiven because of the blood of Jesus. But experiencing the power and the, the effect of being somebody who's forgiven does not take place in our lives because of the unforgiveness we hold towards somebody else. That's why this is important. I understand. The, the blessing of a person who's forgiven, blessed is the man, Psalmist said. Blessed is the man whose sin is forgiven, against whom the Lord does not hold any iniquity, any sin. So there's a blessing that comes with being a forgiven person. It's every provision that comes to us. It comes through this channel of forgiveness. He forgives all my sins. He heals all my diseases. He crowns my life with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed all the, as the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and judgment for those who are oppressed. And it goes on and on. All those blessings start with this one initial blessing of forgiveness. So forgiveness is the doorway through which all the other blessings of God flow. So we can receive forgiveness, but the moment we stand with, without giving forgiveness, we are actually putting up a roadblock to the blessings that come, that accompany being a forgiven person. Are you understand? So that's why when you and I stand to pray, he said, you pray, forgive me my sins as I forgive those who have sinned against me. So we deal with this. We shall go before God. Father, please forgive me even as I forgive my pastor. <laughs> he didn't shake hands with me last Sunday. No, just joking. <laughs> Whatever, you know, against whoever, then you have something, some grudge, something they did. Hey, it's your responsibility to say, to deal with that matter in prayer before God. God so-and-so said this to me, or so-and-so did this to me. I've been hurt and I've been offended. You know, as long as you're the only person on this planet, then you don't need to forgive anybody. But the moment there is one other human being on this earth, offenses will come. Jesus said it. It will happen. And sorry to inform you, there are many other people other than you on this planet. <laughs> Which means there is a lot of opportunity for offenses to come. Lots of opportunity. What must you do? You can't keep on holding those offenses. You'll have a big bag of offenses. Come on. No, no, no. Forgive, forgive, forgive. Let it go. Let it go. And remember, so you go before God. You talk to God about it. Sometimes, you know, 
for us, and I'm just, you know, just from just the fact that we are human beings, it might take us a little effort. It might take us a little time to forgive somebody. Because sometimes the hurt can be deep. It can be very harsh. Might take time. But you need to pray. Say, God, help me to forgive this person. Help me let it go. And let me release the love of God. But that is so powerful. Because when you forgive somebody else, the blessing that comes through being a forgiven person invades your life and begins to touch every aspect of your life. Begins to change. So forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. So take some time in your time of prayer with God to deal with both sides of this issue of forgiveness. And then he said, when you're praying, you also have to deal with another aspect. He said, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, there are two other aspects that you and I have to address in our time of prayer with God. Now notice, these are things you and I must do. It's not God is going to do these things. We have to pray. Pray. Lead us not into temptation. Now, God is not the one who's saying, come, 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 I'll take you to temptation. God is not the one leading you into temptation, inducing you to sin. James said, you know, James chapter 1, God cannot be tempted with evil, and God doesn't tempt any man to do evil. So God is not the one taking you, tempting you. What the intent of that prayer, lead me not into temptation, is God don't let me go down temptation's path. Understand it like that. Because God's not the one taking you down that path. What are we doing? We are preempting. Oh God, the heart of man is so wicked and I am so, you know, gullible sometimes that if I'm not careful, I can just go down the path of temptation. So I am preempting that by praying, God, keep me from temptation. How do you do this? Jesus said, watch and pray so that you don't give in to temptation. That means you have to be watchful. Be watchful over your life. What is happening? The moment you see some temptation beginning to be presented to you. So this, of course, is the devil. The devil is getting, he's putting together a new concoction of temptation. New recipe. Says, he tried that, he tried that, he tried that, he didn't like any of it. I'm coming up with something new, which I know he'll like. And so he's trying to put together a new strategy, new temptation. And the moment you see any kind of temptation happening, that's why you got to be watchful. So tell your neighbor, be watchful. Tell your neighbor on the other side, be watchful. Right? Watch and pray. Now, not like, you know, okay, man, another half an hour to pray. <laughs> that's okay, but... That's not the watching we're doing. We are watchful in the sense of what's happening in the spirit. What's happening? Is the devil trying to play some temptation, a trap in my life? So we can just, you know, create some hypothetical examples. For instance, you know, in your workplace, maybe your manager calls you and says, hey, Come, you know, I want to take you out for lunch. Okay, wow. My manager called me for lunch. Here you go, go. Then at the lunch, at lunch, he says, hey, I got a plan. I'm sharing it only with you. And if you join with me in this plan, you're going to make 10 lakhs in two days. You can go for a long vacation also after that. And so he un 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 unravels that plan. He tells you this is it and all of that. And he says, you know, what do you think? Are you in? And like, you just remember, Sunday morning, pastor said, pray 
Watch and praise. Then you tell your manager. Manager, I'll get back to you. Then you go home. Pray. Father, manager told me all this. Very tempting. <laughs> what should I do about this? And as you pray, God lets you know. God, you say, hey, look, this is going to get you in a big trouble. It's a trap. And you get, you get into big trouble. Yeah, that money is only a temptation. Then you realize, wow, this is wrong. You, you know, maybe he's trying to do, get you to do something dishonest. Maybe he's trying to get you to do something unethical. Uh, maybe he's trying to you know, uh, get you to um, accommodate something that he's, a scheme that he's trying to introduce or whatever. And you realize, no, 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 this is a temptation. This is not a blessing from God. This is a temptation. Then you begin to pray, God, I need a way to get out of this. The Bible says, there is no temptation that has taken you, but what is common to man. But God is faithful that with every temptation, He'll make a way of escape that you may be able to withstand it. So you pray, God, give me the right words to answer to my manager. I don't want to step into this temptation. I want to get out of this. And God gives you wisdom. He makes a way. And you protect yourself. Just an example. But like this, when you watch, you're watchful about your own life. You are the watchman of your own life. So tell your neighbor, you are the watchman of your own life. Right, so you got to be watchful. Where is the enemy coming? Where is the enemy coming to knock you? Be watchful. And don't yield to the temptation. So you're praying in your time of prayer. You're watchful. Say, God, I, I know that temptation's coming, knocking here. This God protect me. God help me. Give me wisdom how to stay away from it. How to avoid it. Not even go near it. Don't smell it. Don't touch it. Don't taste it. Just stay away from it. <laughs> oh God, keep me. So that's part of what you and I should be doing in our time of prayer. Dealing with those temptations that keep knocking all around us. So use some of your time in prayer to address that. Are you all with me? And then he said, you pray, lead us not into temptation. One more thing. Deliver us from the evil one. So this is the warfare that you and I are going to take part in during our time of prayer. Now we're coming against what the evil one may be scheming, may be planning to do against you. So in your time of prayer, you're saying, God, help me to overcome the evil one. And here again, we have to watch and pray. You think like a military strategist. And sometimes I say this, but don't misunderstand me. Sometimes you have to think like this. If I were the devil, what will I do? I'm not saying you are the devil. If I were the devil, what would I do to knock him out? Think like that. It's good to think like that. So sometimes I think even for my own self. Hey, if I was a devil, what would I do to knock me out? Why? Because when I think like that, I can preempt those doors. I know he's going to come on that door. Sorry, I put double lock on that. Even before you can think of it, I thought of it. I put double lock there. Because why? I'm just trying to think. If I were the devil, where will I hit him? Because you know, I know my own weaknesses. I know my own weak points. And the devil is smart. He's going to come exactly there. I shouldn't say devil is smart. He's pretty dumb. He's going to come exactly there. <laughs> At your weak points. So just outsmart the devil. Right? Paul wrote 2 Corinthians 2.11. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us because we are not ignorant of his devices. In other words, we're not ignorant of how he works. So we're outsmarting him. So you think like that and say, Father, 
deliver me from the evil one. I know the devil is moving around like a lion trying to, uh, like a roaring lion trying to look for every opportunity to get me. But I, I just, I put up my defenses. You take the shield of faith, you take the sword of the spirit and say, okay, devil, I'm up for it. Speak the word. He may come against you. He may roar like a lion for a little bit. He may attempt, make his attempts. He may try to attack. He may even send some of his legions against you. But you've got the shield of faith. And the Bible says, put on, take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench every fiery dart. Nothing can slip through the shield of faith. Every fiery dart can be quenched, nullified, neutralized, put out. So you've got to hold the shield of faith. And he says, God says, take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The, with the sword, he said, devil, take it. Left, right, knock. Be militant in your prayer. So part of what you do in your prayer time is warfare. Are you listening? And after you've done all that, squash the devil. You turn around and say, thine is the kingdom. The power of and the glory forever. Amen. That means you say, God, all the glory, all the praise I'm giving to you. Worship to him, please, God. So you're saying, thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory. So here we are protecting our own heart. Making sure that we don't touch the glory, the honor, that God deserves and God alone deserves. We are acknowledging, God, this is your kingdom. I prayed earlier, your kingdom come. His kingdom brings righteousness and peace and joy. His kingdom is an expression of the king himself. The king is good, so his kingdom is goodness. The king is righteous, so his kingdom is righteousness. The king is the blesser. He's a healer. He's a deliverer. And so the kingdom expresses all of that. And so when we are beginning to enjoy and walk in that, we should not forget that the kingdom is his. Thine is the kingdom. The power and the glory. That means God, the honor, the praise for all of this is yours and yours alone. Thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory. Amen? So, you can imagine yourself sitting and you've taken notes. Jesus has given you an answer to your question. Lord, teach me to pray. And he said to you, when you go to prayer, pray like this. In this manner, pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, take time to acknowledge God being your father, the relationship you have with your father, go to him on the basis of relationship. Hallowed be your name. Take some time to worship the father in spirit and in truth. Just love him. Just adore him. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in it. Invite his rule, his reign, his lordship, his, his authority in every area of your life. Submit yourself in every area of life to him. Let his will be done in every area of your life. Align yourself to his will in every area of your life. Take some time to do that in your prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Take some time. To ask Him for your needs, the needs in your life. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Take some time to receive forgiveness, but also extend forgiveness to people who may have hurt you. Then you pray. Lead me not into temptation. Deal with areas where you might be feeling temp temptation coming. Pray over that. Protect yourself. And take authority over the enemy. Deliver me from the evil one. Lord, I will not let the evil one affect me. And then make sure you give him all the glory, honor, and praise. Thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Take some time to give that to him. Don't hold it to yourself. Don't try to touch it and keep a little bit in your pocket. No. Thine is the kingdom. 
the power and the glory. Lord, for all the good things that happen in my life, it's yours. Amen? So, all of us can use this very simple prayer outline that Jesus gave us. Sometimes you might pray each point in the outline. You can spend a lot of time on each point and before you realize it, a couple of hours are gone. Or you might just pick one or two and just pray on those points in your time of prayer. Whatever you feel you need to do that day, do it. Amen? Let's rise to our feet, please. The worship team is going to lead us and just engage with the Father. Declare who He is to you. And, and after I'll come back and just pray together with us and pray over us. Knows our every week. 
lives that we will be strengthened in you and we will be strengthened by your spirit in the inner man father that the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened that we will know you that we will know the purpose to which you've called each one of us that we will know the riches of the inheritance that you've given to each of us that we will know the greatness of your power that's available to each one of us, Father. And I pray, God, that each one of us will be filled with the knowledge of your love, that we are loved by God, that we will know the surpassing love of God which exceeds length and breadth and height and depth. Father, Lord, I pray over our lives that in every area of our lives, we will see your mighty works. That God, you will bring provision into our lives. Where there is a need, God, that your provision will come through. Because God, your word says that you are a sun and a shield. And you will not withhold any good thing from those who walk uprightly. For those who are face with closed doors today in the name of Jesus we declare the Lord sets before you an open door and those doors will not be shut that you will be able to step in and you will be able to walk through what has been kept shut will be opened up for you in the name of Jesus and Father God we speak over people who are struggling or fighting sickness and disease and infirmity in their bodies, we stand with them today in the name of Jesus. We come against every sickness, every infirmity, and we destroy the yoke of every sickness. Remove every burden, every oppression on body and mind in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And everyone who's struggling with addictions and Finding it difficult to come out of it. Today in the name of the Lord Jesus, let the yoke of that addiction be broken. Let the spirits behind those addictions leave. And let those chains of those addictions fall. And let people be set free from it. Today in the name of Jesus. 
Let the mind be set free from fear and anxiety and panic. Let the mind be cleared in the name of Jesus and let the peace of God that is beyond human understanding fill your heart, fill your mind. Let the peace of God fill your heart, fill your mind in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray over relationships where understanding has to come, where good understanding has to be restored. And in Jesus' name, let there be interventions. That good understanding come in family relationships and marriage relationships. Let it be healed. Let it be restored, God. And even in workplace relationships, where there's workplace conflict, and where things are not going right, Father, let the peace of God come. Let there be a turnaround of those relationships. In the name of Jesus. And we speak over each and every life, Father. Your word says that we will be like a tree planted by rivers of water. Our leaf will not wither and whatever we do will prosper. So let every person here be that way. Like a tree planted by rivers of water. Flourishing, fruitful, being blessed and everything that they set their hands to. And so let it be done in their lives, Father. We thank you. We bless you, Father God. Thank you. Thank you, Father. We're going to pronounce the benediction and close. If you need prayer and pastors, you're here. Please make yourselves available. Life group, life group leaders, if you want to do that, please make yourselves available just to pray for people. And those who need personal prayer, you're welcome to come. Meet with anyone who is standing up here to be prayed for after we close the service. Let's close. Father, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of His Holy Spirit be with each of us always. Amen. Thank you for listening. We trust this message was a blessing to you. For more free resources, including sermons, sermon notes, and books, please visit apcw.org. For information on APC Bible College in Bangalore, visit apcbiblecollege.org. Do remember to download the All People's Church Bangalore app from the Apple or Google Play Store.